And so that mentoring is really, really important. And I appreciate Greg and the energy he's put to that. I appreciate you men. A lot of you that are here that are pouring into that program as mentors and as, as mentees, as prodigies coming along and doing that. So I thank you for doing, doing that. Oh, man. We have a s- simple topic this morning. Um, simplicity. Like many of the other speakers, this is something I really don't want to talk about. When Mike put this out, I'm thinking, oh, great. This is definitely not one I want. Jim Hassett, he was so great this morning. Even this morning, he's praying. God, I'm so glad I didn't have to talk about this, basically. (laughs) So, you know, how encouraging. So, thank you for that. Let's see if we can, uh, it's so simplicity. It's simple, right? It's God. So that's it. That's pretty much the briefing. That's the only, that's the only blank. That's the only fill in the blank. You can chalk that in. You got all your notes. Everything's done. Put the pen down. Sit back and relax. Drink your coffee. Finish up your bagels. Take a little nap because it's an easy lesson, right? Uh, but this is the main point of the entire lesson. This is the theme. This is like the big kahuna. This is what we're talking about. You know, if we're in the military, this is the bluff, the bottom line up front. So this is going to kind of be the reoccurring thing throughout it. So simplicity is simple. It, it, it's, it is God, and it's about God. It's for him. It's about our relationship with him. We talked about the relationship with the men, and this is really about how do we live out our relationship with the Lord in the world. Uh, so sit back and relax, and let's talk about it a little bit more. So simplicity is simple. It's God, and let's see what some basic Webster Dictionary definitions the state of being simple, uncomplicated. See, it is simple. Free from guile and vanity. I had to look up guile as a poor army guy in the past. Innocent, modest. You know, guile is like this um, craftiness, but cunning, not necessarily in a good way. Uh, slyness, deviousness. Isn't that interesting? Free from that. That's the simple life. Free from ostentation or display. And these are the first definitions in Webster's before it gets down to some of the other stuff like easy to understand and things. Humble in origin or modest. So uh, it is a simple concept. And yet implementing it, living it out, maybe perhaps is not as simple as that. So, if the simple life is focused on the Lord, we can look at simplicity as an inward reality that results in outward action. It's something that we live out. So, both aspects are important. You can't, you know, if you're too focused on the inside, but we see no evidence of what that is, then people sort of wonder, what's up with you? Are you a real bona fide Christian, right? If we see too much on the outside, if all we're doing is focused on the works, 
and how we look and the exterior stuff that makes it look like we have a, a life of simplicity, well, we really don't know what's going on on the inside just by that. So it's, it's really both. Um, and if we say that our relationship is important um, to the Lord and that we're walking with Him, it does impact our daily lives. It impacts how we interact with each other, how, uh, how we work, how we play, all aspects of our life. Um, so simplicity, the discipline of simplicity, helps us put that in perspective uh, with the rest of our lives, what the relation, our relationship with the Lord. We talked about Foster's book. He covers inward disciplines that we've been talking about over the last four weeks, meditation, prayer, fasting, and study, which Richard uh, Dick talked about last week, and I really appreciated what he had to say about that, study being a, a thing that transforms our life. It's the same thing. That's the same idea with all the spiritual disciplines. And now we're moving into a phase of uh, what Foster calls outward disciplines. We're starting with simplicity today and then solitude, submission, and service. And then we're going to do four more after that, which are kind of community uh, spiritual disciplines, simplicity, um, confession, worship, guidance, and celebration. So, <sighs> simplicity is an inward reality. So let's talk about that. In Proverbs 4.23, we have Solomon talking to his son. He's, he's, in, in chapter 4, he says, above all else, Guard your heart, for it is a wellspring of life. Now, the context of that verse he's talking about in the beginning of 4, he's going through and he's saying, Son, listen to my instructions. Take it and apply it. Remember it. Seek after wisdom. Make it a part of your life. Make knowledge a part of what you do. And then Solomon, the guy who's the smartest guy ever, who sought wisdom from the Lord, he says, Above all else. Above all else. Above seeking wisdom and everything else, he's saying something that's important. Here, something that's critical to our lives. He's saying, guard your heart. Guard your heart, what's on the inside. A heart here in the language is the innermost part of our being. It's our spirit. It's our will, our emotions. It's the thing that drives us from within and impacts our outward behavior. And that's why he says it's the wellspring of life. The, the term guard is... Is like keeping it safe and secure, protecting it, as in like a prison guard responsible for prisoners to, to keep them safe, to protect them, to keep them doing what they're supposed to be doing. It's a good thing. It's a wellspring of life. From it flows everything else. I like the way some of the other translations cover this. That's the NIV version the New American Standard says, watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. The King James Version, oh, the mighty King James, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And the Amplified, they combine a lot of this. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance. And above all you do, guard, for out of it flow the springs of life. So what's inside is going to come out. So being an old intel guy, 
having to brief infantry folks. I hate to make an infantry joke about this. But pictures, illustrations, these things kind of help. And so I'm gonna, we're going to talk. Because if this is what we can remember from this morning, then this is, this is all we need to get. So this, as you can think of this, is your well. This will be my well this morning, okay? Um, and it's my responsibility, if this is my heart, to guard my heart. Because out of it is going to flow everything else and what I do. And that gets filled from the Lord. That's where I get my strength. That's where I should get my strength. So how does this live out? Because there's so much going on in life. There's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of pieces to life that happen. So I happen to be married. If you're not married, that's okay. You probably have a significant other. You have a best friend. You have somebody that you invest into your life with. I've been blessed. I love my wife. We've been married for 22 years now, a little bit over that. So I fill her up also. I pour into her. I try to do the best I can for her. <laughs> I don't always um, do the right things, but I give her myself. I give her part of my heart. Um, you know, we got married in Hawaii. It was like a wonderful honeymoon type of a life when we first five years when we were there. And then as folks do, you start having babies. And this will be represented by our little Elmo here. And, you know, first we had one, our little Maddie Muffin Moo. And you guys know, we just had the great date night. Did you know we had a set of quadruplets come? I mean, we didn't have somebody. They didn't even wait to, like, pace these kids out. It's like all of them at one time. You don't even have enough hands for five kids. I don't know how, how you do that. So I pour into my daughter, Madison. She just went off to college. Oh, my gosh. I cried like a little bitty baby whenever she left. And I'm so proud of her because the Lord is with her. That's one of the wonderful things about being a Christian, isn't it, that he's everywhere with us. And we have two other kids at home. I try to pour into them, give them my life, keep them topped off, encourage them in the Lord. Um, our family hasn't been so, so good with fathers. My dad died, died last summer. My stepdad, who raised me, died 10 years ago. So my mother is very precious to me. I pour into her. And uh, she's the one that led me to the Lord. And I have a mother-in-law. And uh, I'm a <laughs> I pour into her, too. <clears throat> so... Okay, I'm kidding. She's really, she's a wonderful mother-in-law. I give her a little bit more. She's a fantastic mother-in-law, actually. She's a, she really blesses my life. You know, so that's not all we do. We play too, right? Cowboys. Oh, my gosh. Did you guys see the game Sunday? That was hideous. That was awful. And that's enough to drive you to drinking. So that's awful. So we do that. In fact, you know, we were winning that game, and we were behind, and then we were winning again. 
Some people don't even like to, to do the football. They just party all the way, right? So they're just going to party or they're going to have fun, right? Life is a bunch of fun. So a lot of, you see, there's so many things. Some folks like to eat. I like to have ice cream. I love ice cream and Krispy Kreme donuts. I give a little bit to that. And you guys know how this is going to end up, right? All the motorcycles. And maybe you guys like a, a nice car, something that's special to you, you spend time with. You fix it up. You can control it. You can work with it and see the results of your hands of the hard work that you did. Something special about it. That, being able to be a handyman. So we put a little bit into that. This army mug represents my former work. We all have a job. A lot of our identity gets sucked up into our jobs. A lot of our life. A lot of our heart. Doesn't it? It takes a piece of us. We got... Friends at work, we got bosses, they need time, they have stuff for us to do. We have other folks at work that we don't even like them, they just suck us dry. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Except for at Burke, unless you're... Unless you're a pastor on staff here, there's nobody like that. But probably the rest of you may have this problem. Okay? Right, Darren? It's really about, though, okay, the money, it represents everything else. Our houses, that takes our, our hearts. The things we do. So all of this stuff, I mean, really, there's... Nothing bad about that, but you look at what I have left. So what I, I guess what I want to suggest to you is that you look here and these things, they may not be bad unless I'm looking at them to try to fill me back up. Or unless I'm looking at them as a way to fill my heart to give me satisfaction in life. It becomes more like a dependency on these things. And how I act is going to be reflective of if the Cowboys win or not, or if I lose my job, or I have hard financial times, or something happens to my kids. So i got to guard my heart. We have to guard our hearts for the Lord and allow him to be our source of strength, our wellspring of life. So there's another word. Uh, you know, in Matthew 6.21, for where your treasure is, this could be our treasure or the Lord could be our treasure. All these external things, they could be our treasure. Or the Lord could be our treasure. That's where our heart's going to be, where we invest our time, our energy, our relations. That's what's going to impact our life and what comes back out of it. 
So you're all familiar with this passage, but I'm going to read it anyway, just so we can hear it, because this is kind of the central to this core. But in Matthew 6, uh, I'm going to start in verse 24 and just read about 10 verses here. It says, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life, as to what you will eat or what you will drink, not for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. Do they not sow? nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more worthy than they? And who are you, by being worried about, uh, uh, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow, and they do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory clothes himself uh, not even Solomon, in all his glory, closed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith, do not worry then. Do not worry then, he says. Saying, what are we going to eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? All these external things. For the Gentiles eagerly seek these things. Those evil Gentiles. Those non-godly Gentiles. They seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So the spiritual disciplines are about seeking first his kingdom. And in the simple life, this life of simplicity is about um, living a, simp- a life that's focused on him, revolving around him. So, but then... When we start focusing on all these external things, that's risky, right? That's the problem. Foster says, hey, what we do on the inside is going to be reflected on the outside. And you can't really count on it unless what you see on the outside, if you, if you see some change, that's going to be evidence on what's going on inside. But then we count ourselves in kind of this little trick box, don't we? I mean, we're like on the edge of, show me the list of things I need to do to prove that I'm simple. It's like this really legalistic problem that we get ourselves into, this little dilemma if we start focusing only on the outside. So it's hard to see there. So the greatest problem, though, is not how much junk that we have. It is how do we maintain a vitalized spiritual life? And we do it through our spiritual disciplines. And we do that by focusing on him. I love what Foster picked up from a different Quaker. And, you know, Foster's background, he's a Quaker. So he's got a very simple kind of foundation in his background. But they call it a divine center. And I love that. This divine center, your focus on the Lord, is what's there, is what's going to come out based on how you're filled on the inside. He describes it as being something that gives us freedom to live life. You know that 
if you in the in the NASB in there, it's subtitled in that section that we read, The Cure for Anxiety. It's like you don't have to be all anxious about these. I mean, this can be your clothes, it could be your gadgets, it could be your house, your cars, it could be your money. You don't have to be worried about that. You have you can be free to live life without that as something that's hanging over your head. That's the privilege that we have as Christians in, in all of our lives. So the heart of simplicity, I like this definition that he puts up, joyful, unconcerned for possessions. And he says there's three kind of prevailing inner attitudes about it. Realizing that what we have is all a gift from the Lord. We only have it by his great provision for us. It's because he's provided it. We can work hard, but we work hard and we have a job because he gave it to us. We have that opportunity. It really is for him. And so because of that, it's ultimately him that we can thank to care for it. Sure, we lock our cars because we don't want somebody to steal it. We need to be responsible. But we can't actually guard the car all day and prevent it from being stolen or our house if we're at work. We rely on the Lord. That's part of this idea of being fully dependent upon him. And so... And with that, because these things belong to him, our attitude, our heart should be sharing what the Lord's blessed us with with other folks so that they can have the benefit uh, of the Lord's blessing through us, through how he's blessed us. Um, And again, it, it gives us freedom from anxiety because we can just relax, tr- living through him, life through him and in him, and then let the rest take care of itself. But we have to be smart. We have to make wise choices. That's still our responsibility. So we have to put a few things up there, even though I, I don't like going into this sort of a legalistic list. Um, but he talks about some outward expressions to consider. Uh, that I'll put up, you know, and there is a good point. James 2, 18 to 20, you guys know the reference, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith by, uh, without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. The idea is how we live out is going to be a demonstration of what's happening on the inside. So these are 10 things to consider. I'm not going to go through them all, but you have them there, and you can uh, talk about how these might impact you in your life and how you might uh, reflect and respond to some of these ideas. Okay. The bottom line with all of these are, and this is his 10th and kind of summarizing point, reject anything that's going to distract from keeping your heart for the Lord. That is the life of simplicity, is being singly focused on him. So simple is God. It's keeping first things first. So you get a few questions you get to talk about, and I encourage you to do that, and I really encourage you to examine some of those things. And How do you deal with this legalism versus life of simplicity in your life? And are there any things that you could take, even one thing to... uh, apply to your life this week. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being a part of AM Base Camp. And I'm going to pray for us real quick as we close. Thank you, Lord, for this time.
We ask that you help us keep our hearts and our minds, our, our whole bodies, our will settled on you. In Jesus' name, amen.